0: started recording fucking ridiculous how are you now folks your Montreal Canadians lose by a score of three to two to the Philadelphia Flyers in an incredibly important tank game Uh, hello and welcome to episode 74 of the bottom six minutes podcast wait no is it 75 or is it 74 I think it's 75 it is it's episode seventy-five of the Bottom Six Minutes, presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Mad Drake, and I don't even know what game it is anymore. <clears throat> Still losing my voice. Um. Anyways, important game for the tank, uh, and they managed to lose that one. And look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Well, I'll get into the recap here, and I was expecting that this one might turn into a bit of a barn burner, and I'll tell you why. Okay, because the Habs they called up Caden Primo. Uh, what, yesterday before their game, and then you know they announced that he was going to be getting the start tonight. So I was looking at the starting goaltenders, okay? They had Caden Primo for the Montreal Canadiens. He's only had one NHL game so far this season, and he had uh, an 8.57 save percentage, right? The Flyers, for their part, they had Felix Sandstrom in there, who's sporting over the course of 14 games this season and 8.84. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at two teams trying to tank maybe throwing everything they got at each other and playing a high-flying offensive game with two goaltenders who, you know, I'm not trying to shit on them, but uh, let's face it, they don't have sparkling clean stats in their respective amount of action this season at the NHL level, both of them considerably better in the AHL. But I digress. I thought this one could turn into something exciting, something good to watch. And it very was not that. (laughs) It was pretty dull. First 20 minutes of play, we have precisely zero goals. Actually, both goaltenders looking pretty good. Uh, shots were 14-8 to 8 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens, so they were a little bit more active. But all in all, a pretty dull period in which the goaltenders, again, they looked good, but they didn't have to be spectacular. So we go into the second period, nil-nil. Early tripping penalty in the second period on Dennis Gurianov. They actually got that one wrong. I think it was Sean Farrell playing in his NHL debut. More on that after the recap. Uh, that actually made the trip but they call it on Gurianov and the Flyers catch in right after that power play ends. So they can't get anything going with the man advantage but right after it ends. I mean I mean, uh fucking second after Gurianov steps out of the box. Kevin Hayes goes around the net, throws it across to Morgan Frost. He puts that one in. Absolutely no chance for Kaden Primo on that one. Can't charge that to him. It's one nothing for the Flyers. Raphael harvey Pinar was actually hurt blocking a shot. Uh, during the power play portion before Hayes went around the net and set up the goal but luckily he went to the room and he would actually come back to that game looking no worse for wear now a little later on in the period I think it was Kevin Hayes anyways I can't really remember but let's call it Kevin Hayes giveth Kevin Hayes taketh away one of them pretty sure it was Hayes in the Flyers defensive zone was trying to clear it out very weak clearing attempt and just kind of flutters the puck into the high slot Brandon Gallagher still fresh off of returning from injury, pounces on that loose puck and puts it in top cheese. It's 1-1. That's your score at the end of 40. Like I said, relatively dull game outside of a couple of moments. 23-19 were the shots in favor of the Habs after 40 minutes. So they were the more active of the two teams in terms of putting pucks on goal, but the Flyers out-attempted them by not a significant margin, but by, by enough where you could say really the Flyers, their biggest problem was not being able to hit the net in the first 40 minutes now possessions on their side but the game's gotten wildly dull at this point about as exciting i would say and i tweeted this out as receiving your property tax notice for the year it's a bill and you're gonna have to pay it that's what this game felt like a bill that i had to pay by watching it and it goes all the way to just over two minutes left in the third period before we get anything going and it's morgan frost This time, he just skates it through the neutral zone all by himself, goes into the offensive zone, cuts to the middle. Joel Edmondson's falling all over the place. Mike Hoffman's back on D. He's in the right position, but he doesn't know what to do with it. He turns his back to the play. Morgan Frost cuts to the middle, shoots, beats Caden Primo upstairs, and it's 2-1. They pull Primo as soon as possible. So they get the puck into the offensive zone, get a draw. The Habs pull him out of the net for the extra attacker, and it immediately bites them in the ass. Um, Loose puck. It's going down into the Habs zone. It's a race for it between Owen Tippett and Mike Matheson. Matheson wins it, but as he's trying to turn and flutter that puck up the right way and get it going up ice for the Montreal Canadiens, he gets picked off by Owen Tippett, and he puts it into the empty net, and it's 3-1. to one. The Habs, they get one back at the very end there. It's Raphael Harvey-Pinard. Puck's pinballing around in the offensive zone. He's standing at the side of the net uncovered, grabs that loose puck and puts it in. Uh, They would keep Primo out of the net immediately on the center ice draw, uh, and they would get down into the offensive zone, but they couldn't get anything going. 3-2 is your final in favor of the Flyers, and that's a fucking four-point game when it comes to the tank, folks, because that's going to keep the Flyers uh, pretty much out of reach for the Montreal Canadiens from here on out, I would say. It would take... Um, a pretty Herculean effort at this point for the Habs to actually catch up to the Flyers. So at least this kind of takes them out of play. Now, really, the only team that they got to worry about ahead of them right now is the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I, I don't think Philadelphia is going to be a problem anymore. They could be if the Habs go on a bit of a run here at the end of the season, but they have a relatively tough schedule um, on top of you know being behind Philly by a number of points. So uh, I think they're good. I think it's really just between them and Arizona. And maybe Anaheim. Um, if Anaheim can win a few games, they might be able to lean into the frame and catch up to Montreal. But Anaheim, as of right now, is 10 points back. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But anyways, you know, fifth last, it it gives you decent odds. It gives you 8.5% chance of the number one overall pick. Um, They could still move up in the draft. They're not necessarily going to be drafting fifth overall. But fifth overall is also not a bad spot. I've mentioned many times, on this podcast that I'm a big Zach Benson fan and that's right about where he's going to go you have the possibility of Matt vay dropping a little bit you can maybe go him there if nobody picks him up in the top four uh, you never know maybe Leo Carlson drops right. it's it's possible it's unlikely but Leo Carlson falls to five I think you got a great pick there as well um, there's, there's going to be options available for them there so I think finishing uh, fifth last is a pretty good spot to be for the Habs I think it might be about as low as they can possibly get but we'll see we will see Player of the game or uh, silver lining of the night, however you want to cut it. Honestly, uh, I struggle. I struggle to pick a player of the game a silver lining of the night in a game that was that dull. Um, I, I'm tempted to just say the fact that they got Philly an extra two points clear of them uh, and burned a game at the same time. I feel like that's a pretty valuable silver lining for the Habs, all things considered. But player-wise, I got to pick a player. I said, you know, at the start of the year, we knew this was going to be rough. I want to give something positive uh, at the end of every game. And uh, that is a positive, but I also want to be looking at the actual on-ice product as well. And I got to go with uh, Rafael Harvey Pinar again. Um, I was super impressed in a number of different games so far since he's come up with his shot blocking. Obviously, sometimes when you block a shot, it's it, it can be... Painful, right? And he's had a few that have been painful. He's never actually gone to the room from one as far as I can remember. This time he actually had to go to the room um, and get looked at. I don't know if he iced it or what he did, but he got back out there and then ended up scoring a goal for the team. I mean, you got to love the perseverance on this kid. Um, Gets an opportunity as a result of all the injuries that they're having in Montreal, and uh, he comes up. He's been performing extremely well. Gets another goal after taking a shot block like that. In his first shift back after the shot block, he looked a little bit wobbly. Like, when when you take a clapper from a professional hockey player, personally, I've never taken one from a professional, so I I should note that. But I've taken plenty of clappers to the legs in my day. And there are some that just get you in the right spot, and you don't feel the same for the rest of that game, or maybe even the rest of that week. And I'm not even talking about breaking something. I'm talking about just that one of those deep bone bruises that just really impacts your life for a little bit. It looked like maybe he got one of those. And I'm not trying to armchair doctor this thing, but regardless, I was impressed about his perseverance, his ability to come back and still be effective in that game despite taking a fucking clapper from a professional hockey player. Uh, and it was it was short range too. Like he was out really on top of his man during that power play trying to make sure that he got in the shooting lane did exactly what he's supposed to do and uh, you know he paid the price for it and then he still came back out and had a really effective game so hats off to him for that Uh, he had another fantastic game I'm excited to see what this kid can do next year honestly especially when he's playing you know in his proper position in the lineup uh, with with proper line mates and not being expected to step up uh, as much as he has so far this year Uh, it should be interesting to see what he can do Moving on, uh, I guess i got to talk about Sean Farrell for sure. He's a prospect that a lot of people are very excited about. Extremely intelligent player. Uh, did, did really well this year at Harvard, um, and they got eliminated kind of early, so he's getting an opportunity here. Uh, they're burning a year of his ELC. Um, we know why the, the ELC burns happening, because they could have started the ELC for next year, and they could have put him with the Laval Rocket for the remainder of this season. But they have him with the Habs and they're burning the ELC because that's probably what the player asked for. It gets him to the end of the ELC quicker. It allows him to start making big boy money a little bit quicker. So um, he's going to be trying to prove himself every single game from here on out. I felt like it was a bit of a quiet game for him, but that's to be expected. He just got called up from the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's barely had an opportunity to practice with the team. He uh, obviously didn't play last night, and this was his first game, and uh, the rest of his team is coming off of a back-to-back with travel. So y- you got to think that it was a tough situation for him to come into. I wasn't necessarily expecting him to go out there and score two goals. I think it would have been nice if he did. I might have been okay with them pausing the tank for a night if he did, just because it would have been cool to see him get something in his, uh, in his debut. But, look, this is a player that a lot of people are excited about. Like I said, uh, I think he played an effective game. I I think it was, you know, you could call it lackluster if you want to. But, again, we got to temper expectations because we we once did see Ryan Paling come in and score a hat-trick in his debut. And that didn't pan out the way that we thought it would, did it? So can't always expect these guys to come in and immediately start scoring I felt he played effective I felt like uh, there's enough there for me to at least say the remaining games of the season I'm going to be excited what he can do or to see what he can do rather and uh, hopefully he gets an opportunity maybe to play up a little bit more in the lineup as well I'd like to see him with Nick Suzuki once or twice you know I'd I'd like to see him with the best that the Habs have to offer here and there just to give him a little taste you know Just, just to see what he can do you know he's going to be around next year, anyways. Um, so you might as well just try him out and really find out uh, what's he capable of doing at this level of hockey. And last, but you know, certainly not least, I think I gotta at least address Kaden Primo a little bit. Like I said at the start of the of uh, of the podcast, there, he's had a pretty rough go in his stints in the NHL, like last season and his one game this year. It has not gone his way. He's been a lot better with the Rocket. But he still has not looked like a potential starting NHL goaltender for a lot of his contests, be it with the Laval Rocket or with the Montreal Canadiens. And I don't know if he will ever get there. I will say, however, in this game, he looked pretty poised. He looked well-positioned in the net. He wasn't overplaying anything. He didn't make any crazy panicky slides that took him way out of position and ended up allowing an easy goal against. The goals that went in were not goals that he could do anything about. They had an empty netter, obviously not on him. He's not even in the fucking net. They had the Morgan Frost goal where he comes in, uh, his second goal where he comes down on the wing, cuts into the middle, and then he's shooting through traffic. So I don't think Primo even had a good read on where that puck was going. And then, of course, there was the backdoor goal uh, that Morgan Frost also scored, uh, where Kevin Hayes threw it across. Uh, Nothing he can do on that one, really. That's one of the toughest shots to actually stop. So I felt like he actually had a good game he made 24 saves. He looked pretty comfortable out there. Um, I, I don't know what more you could really ask from him. I wondered going into this game, like, did they call him up, put him in there specifically because this is a tank game? Uh, I know that's not the case. I know. But it, uh, I, again, I thought maybe this thing was going to go into barn burner territory as a result of the two goaltenders that were in there, and it didn't. So you, you got to tip your hat to them a little bit. They both played better than I thought they would. And particularly for Caden Primo, because he's a Montreal Canadiens player, uh, I was intrigued to see him have a good game like that. I hope there's more good games like that for him. I hope he goes back down to Laval and uh, and really tears it up, you know, for the remainder of the season and um, kind of shows people what he can do. It would be interesting if the Habs could, you know, have a bit of a battle going on for their future starting role. Right now, it, it kind of looks like next year is probably going to be back to Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau. Maybe it flips and Montembeau is kind of the consensus starter next year, but... I, I really honestly have no idea. As of now, I, I don't see anything else unless they draft somebody or unless uh, there's been some talk about Jakub Dobish uh, potentially signing out of the NCAA with the Habs. Um, I don't think Frederick Dichau is coming over from Europe anytime soon. Yeah, I might, might you know, drop a line to my buddy Pat Bexel and ask him about that and see if he knows anything I don't. But as of now, it kind of seems like just status quo going into next year. So it would be cool if... Uh, Primo could somehow put some pressure on. and there Because uh, I'd like a goaltending controversy at this point. Uh, in the wake of the Carey Price era, we really need somebody to eventually step up and take those reins and really own that number one spot. And right now, it kind of seems like they're just content to have a 1A, 1B situation with Allen and Montembeau, which I think we know is is probably fine for them as long as they're still rebuilding. But once they get to the tail end of the rebuild, they need to have... You know, a consensus starter. They need to have that one guy who's undeniable that when you get to the playoffs, you know he's the guy that's going to be in game one of series number one and is going to be there every game all the way through, hopefully, to you hoisting the Stanley Cup. So that's an important piece that they're going to need to figure out. And it would be cool if Caden Primo could somehow put some of that pressure on and join that conversation. But really, realistically... That's a conversation for next year. I think for now, it's just a matter of uh, how many games can we lose uh, from here on out and stay in that fifth last position and get the best possible odds in the lottery. I'm going to cut it off there because I don't really have anything else to say about a dull game like that. Uh, What are we running? A little over 16 minutes as of me saying this, but I do have my little spiel that I got to give you guys one more time at the end of the podcast here. If anyone is still listening on the bottom six minutes channel, be it on Spotify, Spotify, Apple, or elsewhere, please go into your app, search up Eyes on the Prize. You should have one pop up with an FFSN logo, the Fans First Sports Network. That's the new channel, um, Eyes on the Prize, a Montreal Canadiens podcast, and that is where I will be posting everything as of April 1st. Uh, Once we get to April 1st, we're officially going indie at Eyes on the Prize. We're going to be running the website ourselves. Same website, same people, so all the same things that you're used to seeing. We're going to have one more episode when the, uh, the Habs are going to play the Panthers on Thursday, where I'm going to be posting it on both channels. And then after that, their next game is going to be Saturday, April 1st. And as of that day, I'll be posting everything on the Eyes on the Prize channel only. Make sure you subscribe over there so you don't miss an episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.